Welcome to the Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sarah Pennell. And I'm Sophie Waters, and today we are looking at Hellbent by Lee Bardugo, which is the sequel to Ninth House. Alex's mission for her second year at Yale is simple. Find a gateway to hell, break out Darlington, and make it back alive. But Alex and Dawes are forbidden from trying, so they're on their own, with no help from Lethe. They must comb the archives and dive into the law, breaking endless rules and bringing immense danger upon themselves, before they even set foot in hell. When staff at the university begin to die in suspicious circumstances, Alex is drawn into another murder investigation. Could her search for hell be linked to these murders? Oh, it's a surprisingly difficult book to uh, sum up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, um, so much happens, but <laughs> for anyone who hasn't quite read the sequel, sequel, sequel to <laughs> Ninth House yet. Yeah. Um, this will contain all of the spoilers, literally all of them. Um, so maybe go and read it if you haven't read it yet. Or if you don't care about spoilers, that's fine. Stick along for the <laughs> ride. There's also plenty of content warnings for Hellbent. But scraping the surface <laughs> of them, we've got death, murder, violence, blood, injury, etc., etc. You can check out Storygraph for the full list. Um, also, we do have a mailer that you can sign up to at the darkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com where we have exclusive content, where you can get all the info about the podcast first. We do behind the scenes. It's cool. You should sign up. Agreed. Seconded. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's get into it. For Hellbent, our first ever sequel on the Dark mm. Academicals. It's exciting. Yeah, and it's even more exciting because we did talk about Ninth House as well. Yes. In our third season, I believe. Crikey. And here we yeah. are at number five. I know. We're sticking with it. Good for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think another reason that we really wanted to look at Hellbent, other than that we just both wanted to read it, <laughs> And we sometimes need a little bit of help reading the chunky ones. <laughs> so reading them together helps. Um, but I think for me, I was really curious to see if the Dark Academia vibes of Ninth House stuck around as the plot yes. moves into more like more outright fantasy. Yeah, and I think as well as a sequel, I thought Dark Academia was going to be interesting because I think we've only ever kind of considered it as like a whole package in a parcel in one book. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There aren't really very many Dark Academia series, are there? In fact, I can't no. think of any. No. Definitely none that we've looked at, anyway. No, none that we've looked at on the podcast yet. So, let's let's get into it. So, as ever, we do have our list of tropes, our Dark Academia tropes that we'll be looking at. And if you want a refresher on what those are, you can head to um, our Introduction to Dark Academia episode on the podcast, which is way back at the beginning, where we kind of run through how we kind of drummed up these these um, discussion points and gives you a bit of info about what they are. Yeah, and, the, and that episode is still proving quite popular, so we it must is. have done something right. So <laughs> if you're still on the fence... Go and check that one out first. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good like overview of the genre. Yeah, definitely. So we're kicking right off with a higher education setting 
often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way. I mean, it's Yale. Yeah. Oh, we covered this with Ninth House. Like, it, it's Yale. Yeah. You can't get any more higher education and elite than Yale, can you really? It's essentially, yeah, it's essentially the American version of Oxford, isn't it? Yeah. Yale and yeah. Harvard are like Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Like, even just saying the word Yale, you know, that image comes to mind, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it is dark academia <laughs> in is. an image. But also the way that Bardugo has kind of, I don't want to say twisted it, but kind of moulded it. <laughs> yeah, roughed it up a bit and moulded <laughs> it to fit the story that she's telling. Yeah. Makes it even more so. And I think this is kind of going to lean into some of the old Gothic architecture because Yale isn't necessarily old and Gothic in the sense that like uh, buildings in Britain might be old and Gothic. Yeah. It's a, it's a very different vibe because obviously different circumstances, different time frames, different histories, that kind of thing. But it definitely gives it that hue. Yeah, definitely. I think something that I find, like when I think of Yale, I th- it's like two different images for me. You've got the the dark kind of roughed up Lee Bardugo picture of Yale and then you've also got like the Gilmore Girls <laughs> version of Yale and I love like trying to mesh them together because they it's just a, do not they just it's do a not. bit like one's got a light academia filter on it and one yeah. has the dark academia filter on it that's exactly it <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be happy going to both to be honest oh yeah same like switch it up a bit I think what's really interesting, um, obviously, like the granddaddy of Dark Academia for us is the secret history, and that is set at an, uh, a US uh, institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is where a book like Hellbent or Ninth House gets almost like a leg up because it sets in Yale and it ha- already has established kind of uh, links, but also it's that a whole fraternity sorority societies type thing that's already going on which where in like a uk based one it's not as prevalent we yeah, don't we have that don't have it of... do we no i mean there's still plenty of like societies and clubs and stuff but i think it already has the foundations for dark academia to work without having to make it up so much does that make sense yeah no absolutely like it has that that history and that legacy of legacies in you know joining clubs and like the, there's all and when there's clubs of this kind i'm not talking about like the rowing club at cambridge you know <laughs> like it's 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 really hard to say it without saying the secret ones yeah it's like, <laughs> like and also the, I suppose like uh, our kind of version-ish would be something that leads into something like Freemasons, but that's almost too far. Like it's a weird middle ground between a fraternity Mm. and Freemasons. (laughs) 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 Something went wildly wrong in the middle and you got Lethe. Like I don't really know. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what, what sets... 
Hellbent and um, Ninth House apart in this is that it's a secret society to moderate the secret societies. You know, because they're not secret. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they're secret to the general population. Yeah, I mean, the general pop seem to know that something's a bit weird and funky about them, but... But they're, they're mostly happy to just let it go. Yeah. Whereas Lethe kind of has that... I mean, to some degree, like that control, that that power over them. But not really, because like all <laughs> secret societies in Dark Academia, it's wealth and power and legacy that yeah. lets them get away with literal murder. Yeah, and they've got s- certain houses that aren't, or certain like sections of, uh, they all got, they're all houses, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. That aren't as affluent aren't doing as well yeah. that don't have as much magic anymore and i mean i think with hellbent is you i think it does a great job again i'm jumping ahead more towards like old money but a new money but it makes a great point about how um uh, it's it, money and power and sacrifice and how yeah. it literally comes from blood mm-hmm. and it and it's a very stark, almost like two on the nose comparison to how privilege and money and elitism kind of works in our society anyway. Yeah. Like there, it's always blood money somewhere. Yeah. It's literal blood <clears throat> sweat is. Yeah. And I think Hellbent does a really good job of delving further into that. Like we kind of scratched the surface, I think, in Ninth House. Yeah. But Hellbent kind of really dug deep and exposed the corruption. Yeah. And the the injustice and the imbalances. And again, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit with that. But (laughs) there's like, they really kind of bring up the systemic issues, not just of um, the secret societies, which obviously linked, but also just in the Ivy Leagues in general. Like there's a really poignant scene with Turner, who's the detective that they work with, um, I can't remember what what his title is, but he's kind of like the the legal overseer of um, Lethe. Centurion. Centurion, that's it. And um, there's this whole section where they, you know, they're searching for something and they find this old map. And it's actually a map that slave owners use to track down their escaped slaves. And this is a map that's kind of held by Lethe, you know, from that time and then used for purposes of tracking down people that they have no right to own yeah so it would show up like safe houses and it would show routes that they were using and um yeah so it was used uh for i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but not it (laughs) it wasn't created for like the sense that they are using it to essentially find murderers which it could have been used for as in like in a criminal justice type way it was used to further oppress and maintain their kind of white supremacy yes that's the one yeah and i think there's lots of mentions of colonialism and like that kind of thing as well which i was really pleased to see because you don't you don't often see that in dark academia or even kind of university settings but the fact that like these old legacy kind of founded universities are built on co- colonialism and the artifacts and 
The goods that these universities store that are precious, or in this case, they're magical, are stolen. They are stolen artefacts from other cultures. And I think that's the first time I've ever kind of known that be, be brought up. And I thought that was really kind of important especially with yeah. all the discussions at the moment i don't know whether they're kind of happening in the u.s but like the discussion discussions around like the british museum and things here yeah and about how they should just give back what what's yeah. not theirs and like the the rules of ownership like because it's it's not it's not british artifacts like they shouldn't be here they should never yeah. have been brought here in the first place and yeah i just i thought that was really interesting and really mm. appreciated that kind of being discussed because it's it's not really it's kind of brushed under the carpet and there's also um some very um interesting kind of discussions about classism as well and how you know people like alex and people like michelle and how they're kind of it seems like they're being given a break Mm -hmm. like that they could be given an opportunity to that they could never that they could never dream of that they yeah. could become like the privileged like the others that that they are matriculating with however they are just being brought there to be used yeah because they have no other choice mm-hmm. because what is the other option for for galaxy stern like yeah. it would probably be death whereas darlington could walk away at any point exactly and i think that also i think that's also so uh, keenly visible when you see the difference in Darlington's kind of um, enthusiasm for it all and that's because he doesn't really have I mean he has a lot to lose but in the sense that if if Lethe goes away he's fine whereas Alex has been dragged into this mm-hmm. um, and I don't know like Darlington has this kind of naive even though in this one, spoiler alert, he's literally come back from hell as some kind of half-demon creature. He's still got this kind of naivety to him, still, even still, whereas Alex has seen like the horrors of both heaven, hell, earth, whatever, all the planes. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, I, know, I see what you mean. Like, Darlington has a safety net in his privilege, so even if, you know, yeah. even if he does end up half demon it doesn't really matter because he can just hide himself away because he has the money and the power and the connections to do so yeah but alex doesn't have that and yet she still puts absolutely everything on the line yeah to save her friends and then you get someone like michelle who on the one hand you're really frustrated with because you're like why can you not help as as uh, Darlington's Virgil, like, why are you not wanting to help? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I mean, you've, there's a big reveal about her at the end, but <laughs> yeah. that also kind of leads into it. But um, you kind of get it because she's out. She's gotten out. Yeah. And she's trying to kind of live this normal life. But then you find out that she doesn't act, she hasn't actually lived any kind of life because she's been in service to someone else. Yeah, because that is the the safest option for her. That is yeah. the the most stable option for her. That like that danger, that that literal daily threat to her life, still puts her in a safer position than B. 
being, you know, a, a woman in the world with, you know, she may have a sterling education, but she still has the background that she does and she doesn't have the the safety net. So that is still a, a lesser position. Mm. And I think that's a really kind of punch in the throat point, isn't it? Yeah, I think also it's just very, very poignant, isn't it? That there is no happy ending Yeah, for girls like Alex and girls like Michelle. And I think it could have been very easy to have someone like Michelle, who is essentially Alex's future. Mm-hmm. I mean, not it's not going to be, yeah, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it's, it's a potential path, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to have her even just be the bad guy, like she was a little bit of the bad guy, but circumstantially... Um, or just walk off into the sunset, but Bardugo doesn't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not really her style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just it... makes a very stark point about how you know these girls are often um, trapped, missed, trapped, and and then missed from like they they miss the. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but they just don't... <laughs> I know what <laughs> you mean. They don't make it. They don't make yeah. it. I think that's a really strong point as well about, like, universities and the higher education system itself. Like, there's all, there's all this focus, you know, you get to university, you do your degree, and then you're set for life. But the world yeah. doesn't actually work like that. I know that's that's rhetoric that I grew up with. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you get you, you get characters like Trip, who they're like, well, why do you even need to... to like finish your degree because he wants to, he he fails out but he wants to finish his degree but i think is it alex who who even thinks like why did you not just use your name because you would have got a job yeah even just using his name he didn't need the degree but it's it's, it's that bit of paper isn't it that well it's it's a power play yeah I mean, definitely, but I mean, like, he didn't need, like, I think it's just, just for him rather than... Oh, I see what you mean. His, yeah. his privilege meant that he didn't need it. Like, he could just say, hey, this is my name. Yeah. It's like in... I don't going to make a comparison to Gilmore Girls. It's the Yale thing. But, like, being a Huntsberger, like, all he has to yeah. do is say his name and the door's open. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, Rory's a tricky... Uh... <laughs> tricky character to go to go down that line but if you ignore the fact that her grandparents are bankrolling Yale she's and if you ignore that kind of Gilmore name from her parents if she's just coming from Lorelai right yeah <laughs> like there's no one else she well she has a stable home she doesn't ha- she would still have to work she would still have to work to get into Yale and without yeah. without the allowances that her grandparents provide her going to Yale wouldn't change her life because she would still have to come home and get a job yeah whereas having Emily and Richard means that when she leaves Yale she can go over and do whatever the heck she wants because she's not drowning in hundreds of thousands worth of dollars of debt no I mean she takes a gap year she does almost yeah. a year she takes at least a gap semester or two doesn't she yeah and does nothing you know yeah and she can do that yeah and but Gilmore Girls aside house. yeah anyway that, that's a whole other like, whole other podcast <laughs> characters like Galaxy Stern can't do that no no that that was the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So a higher education setting, check. Um, <laughs> secret societies. I think we definitely check. checked that off too. <laughs> um, got old, I didn't say gold Gothic. Old Gothic <laughs> architecture. Check. Yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. It's the a vibes. Pre- yeah, it's definitely the vibes. A preoccupation with classical studies, Latin, Greek, literature, philosophy. No, but yes. If you yeah. wanted to... I think we said this last time, didn't we? If you wanted to count demonology as a <laughs> preoccupation with classical studies... I think they went into that pretty far in Hellbent, though, with researching how to get into hell, how to get out. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was that. definitely an academic line. And I think um, even uh, Alex in this one is much more academically inclined than in yeah. Ninth House. Did you notice how the way that people, like the faculty and I guess even other students to some degree, they react so differently to her when she can hold her own in academic conversation, when she yeah. understands the references, when she can make references herself yeah. compared to the, the Alex of Ninth House, especially at the beginning where she doesn't know. Yeah. Oh, what happened to my boy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a totally different social situation for her. even though she's not socially interacting she's just trying to get by but also be taking on the title of virgil mm. gives her a lot of access that she was denied previously as dante even as she was acting as virgil because darlington was missing but um yeah yeah i went off track again but <laughs> <laughs> preoccupation with classical studies yeah yeah if, if you want um, to yeah yeah i suppose theology isn't it that's that is a classical that's study it. i yeah. suppose so there was theology. a lot actually wasn't there in this yeah. one there's a lot i mean i'm not i'm not religious so unless it's really obvious i don't tend to notice it but there was a lot of obvious <laughs> yeah kind of there was illusions there was and i think the stuff that wasn't as obvious i think it was explained not in a uh preachy preachy way but in a very interesting way and i really liked i'm not always big into the bits in between the chapters that are like excerpts from previous lethe mm. house members or what <coughs> but um i don't know what that noise was <laughs> um, but there were some that were really interesting that yeah there was like the conversation about hell and what that might look like and um yeah just like the the existence of a of a hell space for for humanity i just thought that was really interesting and really well done without it being preachy yeah i sometimes find those bits frustrating because i'm like i just want to go back to the story please <laughs> this is not what yes. i'm here for but they they did feel like i guess they they bumped up that academic angle didn't they yeah it, it works for when you're looking for dark academia that works in its favour, I think. I think so too. I also really liked when um, like an artefact that might have been mentioned then pops up like a couple of chapters later in those excerpts. So it'll be like yeah. the knuckles or something mm-hmm. will suddenly be more, you'll get more information on. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. It's just and world building, isn't it, extra? It is. And I will say, much like in the secret history, there were some sections where I was just lost. Yeah. 
I just had to roll with it. Just roll with it. It's fine. Like, I don't have <laughs> to understand everything. I think also I saw it did see some criticisms of this, of it being too complex. But like okay. some of some of the theology, because um, that's what I'm just going to call it now, mm-hmm. whether it's real or not. Um, that is that well, is the that, question, that isn't is it? the question. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quite intense, but I just I just let go and didn't. I thought I don't need to understand it to be able to understand what's happening. Yeah, I guess it's that kind of like trusting in the author enough to know that if you really really need to understand something, she'll make sure you do. Yeah, and I think well, the, uh, this is this is a big claim, okay, but. Hellbent is my favourite Lee Bardugo book, and I'm wow. I'm very much I'm very much a three star Lee, Lee Bardugo reader. <laughs> I've read I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, that's sacrilege. I'm sorry. I read Ninth House, liked it, thought it was fine. F- thought the Shadow and Bone series was okay. Kind of liked Six, Six of Crows, but Hellbent. I actively really, really enjoyed. And I think mm. I finally, after all of those books, I think I finally trusted her to know that she'll give me what I need when I need it in that, in yeah. that kind of sense. It's a, it's a heist. It's a heist book. And I think that that really is mm. where Bardugo's talent shines. So I, 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 I like Shadow and Bone. Well, again, we're way off topic again, but I, <laughs> I love the Shadow and Bone series. I think, if I read it again now, because I read them quite a long time ago, let's not name dates and make me feel old, but <laughs> quite a long time ago. But I think if I read them now, they wouldn't have the same punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the time they were great. Yeah. But Six of Crows is something else. Six of Crows gives me that same feeling of like, oh my gosh, how are they going to figure all this out as more and more things keep going wrong? you know it's it's the big heist it's like how are we going to get darlington out of hell yeah so she she ties herself up in so many knots and then but normally with stuff like that you're like well it's obviously going to turn out okay but with hellbent there were a few moments and i was like how but how (laughs) you know like how are they gonna get themselves out of this there is no way everyone is getting out of this alive you know and then and then again spoiler alert they get out of hell and they have to go back in yeah and and then they have to go back in again (laughs) yeah which should get tiresome but it doesn't (laughs) does it no it does not (laughs) It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just very well crafted in that. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a preoccupation with a classical study. Yes, definitely. Also some murder. Plenty of murder. I mean, let's try and think. <laughs> I don't know if I can name them all. There were so many. So we had the so the the actual on campus murders. We had the 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 lady in the uh, psychiatry office. Yeah, who, and the, I can't remember her name. And then the dean Beaky, <laughs> Dean Beaky. <Yeah. laughs> Such an unfortunate um, name. Just made me think of uh, Beaker the Muppet, which is really yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think he's supposed to give off a similar vibe, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so. From what from what we, we know of him. Um, 
And then who was number three? Because he said there will be three, and who was number three? Oh, gosh. Um... Was there a three? Maybe not. No, I don't think so. Don't know. I think we got in there, didn't... Well, I say we, Alex. We got in there. (laughs) But there's also um, Darlington's parents. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. There's um, the kid that... Obviously, it's in a flashback, but it's still on page. Um... Turner's partner shot. Yeah. There's Aton. Yeah. Who gets fed to hell. Deservedly. Yeah. Um, is that it? I mean, does Trip count? I mean, he was turned into a vampire. It's technically I mean, a death. Of. We see Blake's death again on, on page. We see... Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know if we see Heli, Heli again. We definitely we do. see Blake on page, we do, do we? Because yeah. it's when they're in hell the first time oh, and yeah. going through all of the... Because we see what makes each of them a murderer, don't we? Yes. We do. So, yeah. So it's a lot of murder. A yep. lot of death. Yep. Which you'd expect about a book, from a book, about going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, I think it is pitched as a horror, isn't it? Like a dark fantasy horror yeah, type. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I wouldn't call it horror, but... No, I wouldn't either. Um, it has horrific elements, I guess. It, yeah. And elements of horror. Hmm. I mean, I know what fantasy. I would call it, but well, wait. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wait um, for the big reveal on that one. <laughs> A dark, moody and or haunting vibe. Big Yes. Big, yes. Yeah, I mean, they are literally haunted by their crimes. Yeah. I just I just love the New Haven that Badu has created in these books. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure at first I'm that it was only cited to be a duology. I might have made that up in my head. But thank goodness there's surely gonna be another one, right? There has to be. There has got to, to be. Close I mean, the gates of hell, supernatural style. True. I mean, the 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 like closing image. You could just have that as an ending, but I don't. I would think be she's angry. Gonna. Yeah, but you could though. They're just literally running off into the sunset together, into the hellish yeah. s- hellscape sunset <laughs> together. But yeah, there has to be. Yeah, I mean, it could, but it would be really mean. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's nothing official, because I did look. <laughs> there's There um, has to be. People have put, like, number three up on Goodreads, but there's not actually anything to anchor that at all. But then again, it took her four years to bring out Hellbent after Ninth House, so... Did it? Was it yeah. that long? Yeah, it was oh 2019. Oh, my gosh. So we're in for a wait. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which means I'm going to have to reread them both when that comes out, because there's no way they're sticking in my brain for four years. <laughs> I better remember what I had for breakfast. Damn. Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure. Worth it. Is it 2019? I feel like I'm doubting myself now. But I'm going to have to check. Bear with, bear with. 2019. Mm. Yeah. Crikey. I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, there's an untitled Alex Stern 3 listed. But there's there's no information about it at all. 
It's already got 19 five stars, though. As it should. Classic classic Goodreads. I love it when there's a review, too, and it'll be like, I can't wait for this book, five stars. <laughs> what? Oh, dear. Bless Goodreads. Strange little place. Um, yeah, so definitely a dark, moody, and a haunting vibe. Definitely. Uh, hero worship of a particular figure or author this is easy yeah definitely it's darlington yeah darlington 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 <laughs> daniel arlington the... danny yeah <laughs> that, i didn't like that that made me feel i didn't weird. like that either danny like, oh my brother's called danny Dan- so that, no I, d- I didn't i didn't enjoy that <laughs> um isn't but... it isn't that also the character in greece do they make that up yeah danny Danny Zuko. Zuko, baby. <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. stud. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> I need to watch it immediately now. <laughs> oh, but Darlington. I mean, I get it. Yeah, get it. I get it too. Do you know what I think as well? Towards the end, when you get those like snippets of Darlington's um, perspective, I think he's starting to view Alex in that way a little bit. Oh, not a little bit. Okay, a lot of bit. <laughs> a lot of bit. I mean, she literally went to hell for him to pull him out yeah. twice. Yeah, I think that's definitely coming through. And obviously will... Dawes worships the ground Darlington <laughs> walks on. What is it? I will serve you until the end of days. Oh, like... my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to know exactly what that line is because I think it's it's too good. You you all need to hear it again. Obviously, you probably read the book <laughs> if you're here, but I'm hoping that Goodreads has highlighted it because it surely has. Uh... <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I literally cannot get out of this corner without shoving the whole table out of the way. <laughs> so. It's... I will serve you till the end of days. Oh. Oh, yes. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, there's so many connotations. There's so many ways to read into it. There's just a lot. And I love that that because if it had gone, if this book had gone the true romance route, it would have been too blatant. I would have hated it. Too obvious. It would have just been a bit boring. Yeah. But because it's just. It, because he's saying I will serve you to the end of end of days, like he is literally bound to her uh-huh. as a servant of hell. But there is a subtext to it too. <laughs> yeah, because they clearly fancy the pants off each other. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking about this, weren't we? Because um, there's lots of mixed reviews about Hellbent, and there's there's lots of people that seem to be quite disappointed in it. And we were were saying that we think it's because people expected something different. Because it could have so easily gone into that, like, very, very different realm of, like, (laughs) monster romance. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But she's kept those, like, illusions, whereas still keeping it as what it is. (laughs) Are you into glow sticks, baby? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally most if you scroll through goodreads at the reviews for this book that is the majority of the reviews about a glow stick we're not going to say it glow stick. Because... 
Uh, I glowed only for you. <laughs> we can't say it because the episode will get flagged, but uh, oh. just <laughs> quick Goodreads search will tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> You'd see. Oh no, I can't even say that. No. <laughs> you, if it was dark, he would not be a mystery. Um, I can't because I can't say, even though I don't mean the word that I'm saying, I can't say it. So <laughs> maybe I'll just have to put it on our Substack um, somewhere and <laughs> <laughs> just hide it somewhere like scavenger. <laughs> oh dear. Come over to Substack if you want to chat about glow sticks. Yes. Demon ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh what were we saying that there's a line and uh <laughs> lee bardogo did not cross it this time no well no i think it's not her style is it no i mean i think if it if it does happen it will be it won't just be for the sake of it like it could have easily just happened for the sake of it um yeah i think it's gonna have a really big emotional punch to it when it does yeah um, absolutely because i, I mean i hope i mean if she tears my heart out by not making it happen either via death or other separating factors <laughs> i will be heartbroken for years yeah that's for fair. the for many years to come <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they definitely there is definitely hero worship of darlington like he is definitely. everywhere a bit like in ninth house he, yeah. you cannot escape him He's the driving force of the novel, isn't it? Like, the yeah. whole premise of Hellbent is getting Darlington out of hell. Yeah. Whatever means necessary. So, yeah. I mean, Alex literally hears his voice in her head when she's, like, looking at things and just generally yeah. existing. Like, that almost, like, guidance spirit thing. <laughs> Do you know what it made yeah. me think of? Made me think of New Moon when, um... <laughs> 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 when Bella hears Edward's voice when she does oh. something stupid. <laughs> Why did you have to do that? <laughs> Sorry, just as where my brain went. <laughs> Bella, where have you been, Loka? Like, oh, what? no. That's Jacob. That's totally different. <laughs> no, I know. Because <laughs> that, I don't want that in my head. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's dulcet tones, fine. Uh, <laughs> Oh dear, this episode has descended into chaos pretty fast. (laughs) Ah, It's Lapush, baby. (laughs) Lapush. Lapush. Okay, hands up on Substack if you want a Twilight episode. (laughs) Ow, I just banged my head. You're that excited about it. (laughs) Oh dear. I mean, there's lots of intertextuality there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not very subtle. (laughs) anyway i mean like i said i think was it yesterday i was saying to you you can literally link the whole of ninth house to buffy Mm. absolutely please give me well give the people your rundown of um your characters oh if i remember it hang on it'll be in our whatsapp chat (laughs) yes (laughs) it's coming uh because i wholeheartedly agree with this is absolutely perfect yeah so trip is xander um Dawes is Willow, Alex is obviously Buffy, Darlington is Angel slash Angelus, and Turner is Giles. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You were saying a lot about like the, like the vibes because it feels like that kind of 
90s, 2000s, like real dark urban fantasy with a splash yeah. of romance in it at points as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of, uh, yeah, those kind of like much loved urban fantasies rest their souls that... Um, <laughs> May they never which, end. <laughs> which you would just be so deep into that book that you're like I don't know how we're going to come out the other end and then also have six books after do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean like how is this possible and yet somehow it is every moment is life or death every single moment is life or death mm-hmm. and somehow they they just keep scraping by yeah and then something else happened and you go oh my gosh how are they going to get out of this one and it's such a tangled web that you're like, there's no way. Yeah. There's literally no way. And then just one little thread will get pulled and it all unravel. And you're like, wow. <laughs> That's exactly it. And then they kiss at the end. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's the only way to make it. Um, yeah. So that's the hero worship bit. Old money. We've kind of talked about money and we classism have, yeah. and stuff, but yeah, that's there. Weather as a literary device. Yes. I, really? She talks about the changing seasons. She does, yeah, but I don't think they have. <laughs> but they don't have like a role in the plot. They don't like. They, no, but I think they're more present than they have been in other titles that we've read. In the sense that yeah, you get that feeling of the season has changed. And, like, it's colder now and, like, True. summer has gone. Um, so it's kind of, like, the transitional... I think it's just that transitional aspect is very clear. Right, okay. So it's the montage. The montage, yeah. I, I think when I think of, like, Yale, it's, like, permanently autumn and winter. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where, that's where my brain is when, when I'm in an Ivy League <laughs> set novel. <clears throat> when I'm in an Ivy League, it's always when I'm in an Ivy League. <laughs> I mean, in my head, yes, always. There are always crunchy leaves, you know. <clears throat> <I do. laughs> Although we have like big stretches of summer in the secret history, I do wonder if that is just a secret history hangover, because so many of the pivotal moments happen in like autumn and winter. Yeah, because it's again, so it's that, important. It's that. There. It's that um... It's that transition. It's a bit like in um, the things we do to our friends. Mm -hmm. That kind of hot summer, um, melty, everything's a bit hazy kind of vibe. And then suddenly the snap of winter. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Okay, fine. I reluctantly agree. (laughs) (laughs) Weather is there. (laughs) So finally we have underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider she's still an outsider but less so yeah i mean she's still i think she's always going to be an outsider because of who she is whether she's dante or virgil Mm she's just is the outsider she's also the outsider because she's a scholarship um student um her background is Interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, storied. She's storied got a storied background. background for which she's still trying to kind of muddle through the trauma of. Yeah. Um, Constantly trying to atone for it as well. Yeah. And, you know, the woman walks around seeing ghosts. 
Yeah. And now Just they set know. Your a bit. <laughs> the ghosts know that she can see them now too. <laughs> and yeah. It's her desperately trying. Her desperately trying to not let them know that she can hear them. It it breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. Cuz she's so desperate to keep that one final wall up. Isn't she? Yeah. She literally has the weight of the world on her shoulders, yeah. doesn't she, at all times. Yeah. And the way that Darlington, even now, even at the end, is jealous of the fact that she can yeah. see, talk, interact with the greys without needing to drink poison. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even th- there's that really powerful bit where they talk about magic and it's very prevalent with mercy who is just like yes magic i love it yeah but like it's that sense of like forever selling the magical fairy tale Mm -hmm. but magic always comes with a cost and it's always got a price to pay and you don't necessarily appreciate that until it's waved in front of you and you take it without reading the small print well yeah it's like mercy at the end she kind of goes whoa you know and has yeah. to take a step back because she's like, this wasn't the fun that I signed up for. It has yeah. real world consequences. Yeah. And I think that those consequences haven't weighed on Mercy or Darlington in the same way because most of the problems in Alex's life stemmed from her being able to see ghosts and trying to get rid of it, trying to yeah. push it from her mind. And that's what led her down the paths that got her to where she is. You know, like yeah, it's she. She sees it as a curse, doesn't she? Yeah. Whereas, and also, it it's cost her things. Whereas Darlington doesn't have the same things to lose. No, I mean, so it would be an addition to him. Yeah. You know? He obviously he didn't have a great childhood. No, he didn't. But he never wanted. Like, as an adult now, he doesn't want for anything. No. In the sense of financially, he's good. Yeah. I mean, they're both royally messed up. Yeah. They have emotional trauma issues. Yeah. But very different and and stemmed from very different places. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) It was good getting some, some more insight into Darlington and his childhood. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I also, I found, um, I did find Mercy's enthusiasm for it all a little bit uncomfortable. And I think maybe that's the point. Again, it's about how, you know, once like the veil is lifted, like people just go full gung ho, like this, like I want in on this. Yeah. Um, without really giving any thought to the effect it might have on other people yeah the the actual um, physical consequences of it yeah yeah definitely i almost feel like that was i mean it's obviously still really significant and important but i feel like it was almost alleviated a little bit by the fact that alex really kind of dug into her friendships in hellbent yeah she began to rely on doors and mercy a little bit you know she mm. she didn't shut them out she she used her friends not in a way that she was using them but she she allowed them to be her friend 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think it's that, like, spreading the burden, almost. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, so she's definitely an outsider, but I wouldn't say that either her or Darlington, I'm including Darlington mm-hmm. in this, because you do see his from, from his perspective the most secondarily. Um, <laughs> yeah. Underdeveloped social skills is not a thing for either of them. Like, not really. Like, Alex can pretend her way through anything. She just mostly doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Darlington has the, the charm. And he the, is the gentleman of Lethe. He is the gentleman of Lethe. The demon gentleman of Lethe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up about Hellbent? I love that here on the notes you've got vampires, question mark, <laughs> explanation point. Yeah, so <laughs> we know that I love vampires. That, that is an established fact. I was really annoyed about the introduction to vampires in the book. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even properly describe why I was annoyed, but I was annoyed. I don't know whether I was like, it's just not necessary or... I quite liked it in the sense that, because um, usually, uh, often vampires they're they're strong and scary and stuff, but they're easily overcome. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, mm. Alex is terrified, as you would be. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, there is a actual, genuine reaction that is the right kind of measure for what's happening. <laughs> Maybe that's what I don't like. I don't like vampires <laughs> when they're not romanticised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think he's very, very much a bit of a satire of a vampire in the sense that even she caught, says something like, what's with the Great Gatsby Act? And like, yeah. as you say, oh, I, I was going for, I can't remember what he said he was going for, but he, he took it anyway. Oh, the other, the, um, the evil guy in Gatsby. What's his name? Oh. Tom, uh, Tom... Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom. Him. Um, oh, what is his name? That's going to irritate me. Tom. But, yeah. It would be, a, it's a bit, he's a bit more classic vampire in more of a Lestat way. Tom Buchanan. Sorry. Um, I had a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the sense that, do you know what I mean? Like he is legitimately mm. terrifying. Yeah. And still with his limits, still has his limits, but like yeah. I definitely think he's going to play a big part in the next book. I think I'm so. saying yeah. I'm definitely saying is going to exist. There are so many threads, aren't there? <laughs> there are so many yeah. threads that she could pull on. There. But the fact that he dropped the car off. Yeah. I just feel like he's going to he's going to play a part, isn't it? Mm. Or will he become useful? Do you know what I mean? Like, will he become... Will he stay a bad guy? Or will he just be a bad guy that kind of gets on with them? <laughs> I think the... The extremeness of Alex's fear and revulsion. I don't know if she'd ever be able to get past that. No, but it'd be interesting to see her having to try. It would. That is true. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. In four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it's not that long. 
yeah, that that was my main my main extra point was vampires. Mm. Vampires. I don't think we necessarily need to speak about any other characters. I don't think Do so. I think we uh, think we exhausted them, didn't we? So glad that we finally got Darlington proper on page. And I tell you what, he was so much fun to see. Like, I don't want to say present, but we always like saw him as a as a flashback. Yeah. So in in the present on the page in the active yeah. story kind of thing. Yes. Exactly. I still wanted more though. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the fun of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> She's just stringing us along. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I think there's so much to Darlington, isn't there? Yeah. So many layers. Like an onion. He's like an onion. <laughs> so, big question time. Is Hellbent Dark Academia? Yes. I'm 75% yes. Because <laughs> I think this one felt a lot more fantasy than Ninth House. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it still has all the right vibes and everything. I just feel like the fantasy was a very strong thread for me. True. But if, you know, if Henry had been successful with his Bacchanal, <laughs> as he wanted to be, it yeah. would have been more fantasy. <laughs> I guess that's that's the uh, difference here. Lee Bardugo says magic is real and Donna Tart says nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mushrooms, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, there are rumours of a new Donna Tart book. Well, I haven't read any other than The Secret History, really, so... Oh, I've, I've read the... Li- well, she's only got three. She only writes a book every ten years. <laughs> I've read The Little Friend. I, I was putting off The Goldfinch. One, because it's really long. But also the fear. If I read my last Donna Tartt and then she doesn't publish anything else. And I didn't know. If I didn't prepare for that, I'm I'm not okay with it. <laughs> so I'm saving it until we have a confirmed release date for a new book. I just have a genuine fear that anything else I read will... I mean, it's not going to live up to the secret history no. because that... But do you know what I mean? Like, I'll read it and be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I I, I don't. Wrong. Fair enough. But yeah, if, if any of you have any information regarding <laughs> Don Tart, <laughs> then... We don't, have, we don't have a reward, however. <laughs> however, we require the information, please, and thank you. If any members of the public have information regarding... <laughs> <laughs> because I can't regarding the <laughs> regarding the missing details on the new Donald Hart book, please come forward. Essentially, <laughs> is is that serious? <laughs> please, please. So, wow, we are very distracted in this episode. Yeah. Well, so. okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, our next book that we are going to be looking at is The Ruins by Phoebe Wynn. Would you like to do the honours? I will. It's exciting, though, because we have read a Phoebe Wynn for we the have. podcast. And we loved it. Um, so, very excited to be back with this author. Behind every strong woman is a girl who survived. Summer, 1985. Ruby has stayed at the chateau with her family every summer of her 12 years. It was her favourite place to be away from the strictures of her formal childhood, 
but this year uninvited guests have descended and everything is about to change. As the intense August heat cloaks the chateau, the adults within start to lose sight of themselves. Old disputes are thrown back and forth, tempers rise, morals loosen and darkness begins to creep around them all. Ruby and her two young friends soon discover it is best not to be seen or heard as the summer spirals down to one fateful night and an incident that can never be undone. Summer 2010. One of the three girls, now grown and newly widowed, returns to the chateau and in her fight to free herself from its grip, she uncovers what truly happened that long dark summer. The Ruins is a dark and suspenseful tale of control and the women determined to fight back. I am so looking forward to this book. Me too. I mean, it's definitely got like Madam vibes in the sense of how it's set up. Yes. Um, definitely. It's also it's also given me plain bad heroines vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of like that long hot summer that changes everything. Kind of that's mm. a big a big flag. Dark idea. Yeah. So yeah very excited so we will be back with an episode about the ruins in just two weeks so thank you very much for listening today we really appreciate it if you have enjoyed the episode please um make sure you're subscribed or following the podcast on whatever platform it is that you listen and drop us a rating if you feel so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you want to sign up for the mailer we would love it if you joined us there and that is thedarkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com thank you again for listening and speak to you in a couple of weeks bye bye